everyone and welcome to the Enabling Custom Knowledge Modules for BPPM 9.5 webinar. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time I'd like to turn things over to Mr. Morgan Burkett. Please go ahead, sir. Uh, thanks, thanks, everyone. Uh, I do want to thank you for uh, joining today. I know uh, for some folks it may be late or, or very early. Uh, this is the uh, BPPM 9.5 Best Practice Enabling Custom CAMS uh, webinar. And uh, Hudson Meeks will be presenting that today. And uh, I would like to uh, remind folks, and, and in case you haven't participated before, we use the Q&A uh, window uh, to uh, provide information uh, responding back to questions. So if you can uh, put your questions there, uh, we have a set of panelists that will be responding. And uh, if you'll just not use the chat uh, section, since uh, that uh, we're going to be ignoring and specifically using the Q&A window. So with that, um, I'll turn that over to, to Hudson, and we'll have a wrap-up uh, at, the, at the end of the session. Thank you. Thank you very much, Morgan. Um, and, and all the attendees, thank you for uh, joining. And if you're watching this after the actual live session, uh, we appreciate you, you know, doing that as well. Again, this session focuses on how to enable custom KMs so that they will work with BPPM 9.5. Um, and as usual, we consider this to be more or less first-level training and basic knowledge. However, we will go into quite a bit of detail here. Um, typically, these best practice sessions are more focused on specifically best practice and not just how-to. Um, however, this session is a little bit different. We're going to have a lot of how-to in here along with best practices sprinkled in along the way. So you could actually use this PowerPoint and, a, and an accompanying document uh, to get started working with custom KMs and enabling them with BPPM 9.5 after the session. Um, and obviously this, this covers core BPPM components because the patrol agents and KMs and BPPM server and integration service node and so forth are all core components of BPPM. So there's nothing else associated with you know, developing a custom KM and enabling it for um, BDPM 9.5. We cannot possibly cover every possible scenario. You know, as you can imagine, there's a lot of, a lot of details that go into developing a custom KM, and there's a significant amount of detail that goes into enabling custom KMs for BDPM 9.5 as well. So, you know, there, there's just no way within an hour and a half session that we could address every single topic there. Um, quite obviously, prior knowledge of BPPM components and terminology is very valuable, and especially for this session, it's extremely important. Uh, some things that you really need to think about we'll get into from a background and assumptions perspective. So that's the first topic that's on our, on our agenda today. And after we talk about background and assumptions, um, we'll, we'll talk about the tools that are required for you to 
uh, take a custom KM and enable it for BBPM 9.5. We'll talk about the KM objects that are edited and or created as part of that process. We'll also go into a process workflow, um, you know, how that workflow works. And the, and the process workflow is really laid out in the section where we're going to discuss enabling data collection. So enabling data collection means taking a KM that already exists and is collecting data and getting it so that it configured and so forth so that it will uh, populate its data up into the BBPM server and you're able to visualize it in the BBPM server. And then the next section will we'll cover policy configuration. Um, in other words, enabling policy management for your custom KM within the BPM 9.5 CMA um, server. And, and one thing you might want to note is that you can actually enable the data collection without having to create the policy configuration or enable the policy configuration. And then the, the next major section will be enabling menu commands. You can actually enable um, menu commands from patrol KMs up in the BPM server, so you'll see how to do that. And then there's a, a, about three or four slides at the end that, where we wrap up and cover some general recommendations and best practices. Um, and again, you know, best practice points are kind of sprinkled throughout each one of these topics as we go through them. So what, are the, what background and assumptions am I talking about here? Well, first of all, it's really important that you have detailed technical knowledge in these following areas. You know, quite obviously, before you start working with enabling a, a custom KM, you really need to know and understand BPPM 9.5 infrastructure and architecture quite well so that you know what you're enabling the custom KM to integrate into, okay? Um, BB, uh, or excuse me, patrol agent functionality and configuration is quite, quite important. In fact, that's, I, I would consider that to be very obvious here. You've got to have a very good understanding of um, patrol 9.5 agent functionality and configuration um, prior to, to going and working in, in this area. And you can get this kind of information from our product documentation. We also have a best practice that we delivered uh, about two months ago, I believe, on the BBPM 9.5 infrastructure and architecture. So if you're not already familiar with those major topics, you should really, you know, go take a look at those first and get brushed up on them really well before you attempt to start enabling a custom KM. In addition to this, functionality in the central monitoring administration um, portion of BPM 9.5 needs to be thoroughly understood. So how do you create policies for an existing BMC KM Okay, irrespective of your custom KM, how does the repository work? What are the options and capabilities there? How do I create um, silent install packages? How do I import a solution package from BMC into the repository? You need to thoroughly understand how all of that works as well before you get started working on your custom KM. And, you know, understanding also how to integrate inter integration service nodes into the BBPM server and or servers and how all of that works. So all of this, you know, base functionality for BPM 9.5 is really critical that you understand before you get started. You also need to understand how to, op how to navigate the BBPM operational UI. Um, in addition to that, you need to be well-versed in the Patrol Classic Console developer mode how that works, how KMs are committed, what it means when you run in developer mode, um, what it means to 
you know, save your KMs into the, into the Patrol Classic console cache, what the cache actually means, those basic capabilities around just developing a KM, irrespective of enabling it for BBPM 9.5, needs to be known and understood by anyone who's gonna, going to work um, on an effort in, in enabling a custom KM for 9.5. Um, and quite obviously, basic patrol agent configuration and its pconfig database and how all that works and so forth is extremely important as well. So this, this is all base background knowledge that is assumed that you know and understand before you start going to work on, a, um, on enabling the custom KM. And as you might imagine, it's just simply not possible for us in any, any shape, form, or fashion to you know, train you in a 90-minute session on how to actually develop KMs irrespective of the enabling process. General patrol KM structure and patrol KM capabilities needs to be thoroughly understood as well. What am I talking about there? I'm talking about things like the three different types of uh, patrol parameters that you can create. It could be a standard, it could be a collector, it could be a consumer. You need to understand that well. And you also need to have a very good understanding of the custom KM and how it's designed and how it functions um, again, regarding the custom KM that you're going to enable for 9.5, okay? So what, what all this really boils down to is you really need to have some experience having developed KMs in the past. They don't have to be, um, ex you don't have to be an absolute whiz at it or an expert at it. I don't consider myself actually to be an expert at it. I came out of the sales organization with BMC as a software consultant, and I have developed a number of smaller KMs. Uh, one of our panelists that's on, Todd Brady, is, is much more versed in how to actually develop a KM and, and, and so forth. So this doesn't mean that you have to be an absolute expert, but you do need to understand the basic process and, and capabilities and, and actions and so forth that you should take in developing a KM before you get started enabling a custom one for 9.5, and you need to have some experience doing it. Okay. So I can't stress these points enough. Um, you know, if, if you don't have some background in these areas and don't have a really good understanding of just using the product, um, both Patrol and BBPM 9.5 as a user, you need to um, you, need, you need to get well versed in those areas before you try to get started in developing it or, or enabling a custom KM for 9.5. Okay, so enough of that. What tools are required to do this? Well, quite obviously, you've got to have the BPM 9.5 server with CMA installed and operational. You also need to have an integration service node for BPM 9.5 installed and operational and integrated with uh, BPM, the BPM 9.5 server. Um, you're going to use the Patrol Classic console, as I've already mentioned, developer mode to enable your custom KM. We strongly recommend that you use the latest version. The current release is 3.6 with a, 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 a 0.1 patch. So in, download and install the latest version if you don't already have that. Other components required are the BPPM 9.5 patrol agent. Uh, so you can't enable a KM for 9.5 unless it's running on a patrol 9.5 agent. Um, and, and there may be some implications for that. So in, in some of our previous webinars, we talked about the fact that there may, you may have agents out there in your environment doing things like monitoring in a, a particular operating system that's not yet or, or is not or, or may not ever be 
supported with a 9.5 agent. One example would be patrol uh, would be patrol window the patrol windows agent for um, Windows 2000. We don't intend to upgrade that for 9.5 because 2000 is quite an older operating system, and we don't see a big demand for that. Um, so keep in mind, you, you need to be working with a patrol 9.5 agent in this environment. You're also going to need to use the specific utility that we've created for part of this process. It's called the Patrol Common Installer Generator. It's a simple little command line utility. We refer to it as PCIG. Um, and what it basically allows you to do is take your custom KM files and, and related files um, and, and run them through a, this, this utility to create a package that you can then import into the BPM CMA uh, component in, into the repository there. And we'll talk about, how again, how that's done coming up in some slides here. You also will need a common compression utility such as ZIP that's uh, delivered standard with Red Hat uh, 6.4. That's what I've used. You'll see some screenshots on that. You could also use something like 7-zip um, on the Windows environment. And we've got some recommendations on not using things like the uh, tools like the Windows um, utility that allows you to compress a folder into a zip. Okay, so, so there are certain utilities that you should use there and other ones that you know, should not, and we'll, we'll talk about those. Uh, some tips on required tools. You should configure and set up all the tools as you normally would, okay, irrespective of the fact that you're going to enable a custom KM. All of these tools should be installed in a development environment. You know, quite obviously, you shouldn't be doing any kind of development or enablement in a production environment. I know that some folks may do that, uh, but, you know, I, I would strongly avoid doing that. And note that the enablement process is really a development process. That doesn't mean you're going to have to redevelop the entire KM. We'll talk about what you're going to add to the KM, and some of it's extremely easy to do. Some of it will be a little bit um, difficult depending on how the, K, the custom KM is designed, and we'll touch on some of those points. But the point here is that you're, you're really working through a development process. It's not just a matter of clicking a few buttons here and there and um, you know, doing a publish and you're ready to go. Do not attempt to configure KMs for BVM 9.5 in, in a production environment. So I strongly recommend not doing that. Also, do not install or use other tools in your, in your development environment for this that might interfere with the development process. Okay, so things like an older classic console version, older BBPM infrastructure components like maybe um, a 9.0 integration service node or something like that. Don't even go there. Don't, don't try to do that. You're enabling for BBPM 9.5, so use only BBPM 9.5 related components in your, um, in, in, in your development environment. And I would also recommend not trying to leverage the patrol central consoles in the environment. There's not really any need for that. In, in fact, they're not going to do you a lot of good. You've got to have the, the developer mode um, of the Patrol Classic console running in order to enable the KMs and so forth. Okay, so considering all of that, what kinds of objects are we going to edit and or create to facilitate enabling the KMs? Well, you know, quite obviously, the KM files, you're going to make some changes to them. And we'll talk about those coming up and, and give some an example and so forth. You also will need to edit the KML file um, for your KM. Your, K, your KM solution 
may have multiple KM files associated with it that, re that represent and correspond to different patrol application classes, okay? And you'll need a KM file um, that allows you to load all those guys up, and there's also some certain settings that you're going to enter into that KM file. So if you don't have a KML file already created for your custom KM solution, you need to create one. If you have any PSL files associated with your KMs, uh, your custom KMs, then you, you will be working with those as well, okay? You don't necessarily have to go in and edit those, depending on what they do, and we'll talk about what that dependency is here in a little bit. Um, any lib files that you've created, you may need to, you know, recreate or, or edit some of the PSL files and then compile them into the libraries as appropriate if you're utilizing that library file capability. Um, CFG file containing agent configuration rules for for your knowledge module solution. Um, if you want to provide a default setting for that or leverage the .current file that's um, a, a new configuration for the uh, BBPM 9.5 agent, then you would need to, need to go and edit that as well, okay? And th those are optional things. I'm not gonna discuss the details of the .current file. We talked about that in one of the previous webinars. I believe it's in the configuration best practices and there's also some discussion about it in the documentation. Um, okay, and, and another thing you're gonna be concerned with is an XML file. The, starting with BVPM 9.0, we started creating these XML files and making KMs basically XML um, compliant or XML enabled, okay? And, and um, so you'll need to be aware of that. There's not a lot of Editing that you have to do to this particular XML file, there is some XML editing that you will do when we talk about uh, configuring for policies, but the XML file that I'm talking about is a, um, a .XML file that has a name that's associated with your KM name, and each individual KM file will have a corresponding .XML file that's generated for it. So you, you don't have to actually manually create that file. We generate that file for you, and that's one reason for using the Patrol uh, Classic Console in developer mode and specifically using version 3.6 uh, with the latest patch or the latest version that's available um, from BMC. Um, there's also a, a menu command ID file that we will generate, um, and you'll see how that's done when we get into that topic. You don't edit that file, and again, you don't edit that file, okay? So do not try to edit that file. Don't try to edit its contents or edit its name, and, and I'll reiterate that again later in, in the conversation uh, uh, throughout the session. Um, there's a BMC products directory that will get created by the PCIG utility, okay? So you'll, be, you'll need to be working with that as well. Um, there's also a zip file that will get created by the PCIG utility. The current pre-release version of the PCIG utility has an issue creating that file, and, and I'll talk about that again when we get, get to the points about PCIG. So this is one reason you're gonna to need to be working with this BMC products directory and zipping it up and using a, a zip utility uh, to zip it up. And then ultimately, you will um, create this zip file from the package that contains your PSL uh, files, your KM files, and, and basically all these other files, starting with the XML file all the way up to the top here, all these files here 
are, are made, they basically make up the package that consists of your custom KM, and it's all packaged up for you by the PCIG utility. Okay, and then you import that in the you import that package into the um, BVM 9.5 repository. Okay, so let's talk about the process workflow. So you, you kind of understand now, hopefully, what the different pieces are that you're going to be working with, what the tools are, what the objects or components of the KMs that you're going to be editing and working with. You know what those are. Um, how do we put all this together? What's the process workflow? Uh, but first of all, you want to work in phases, and, and this is extremely important. These are the high-level phases, um, so you can do each one of these independently. Strongly recommend that you do them in the order listed here, so work on enabling data collection first and make sure that's working right and proper for you before you move on to policy configuration management and enablement, and then make sure that's working properly, and, and if obviously as you, as you deploy um, configurations for your policies, you may have to go back and retest the data collection um, aspects of, of, of changing, you know, that switching the KM over from a non-policy to a policy-based um, configuration management approach. Okay, so um, you need to thoroughly complete these two phases, and then lastly, you can come back and, um, you know, work on enabling your menu commands and so forth. Okay, so Definitely work in phases. These are the three major phases. Within each one of these phases, I strongly recommend that you work in what I would call stages. Do a little bit of work, save it, deploy it, test it, validate that that's correct. Once you're through with, you know, the first part of your data collection, then add some more data collection. You know, work on one KM file at a time is probably a very good approach. Um, and, and consider dependencies there and so forth as well. Okay, so at a high level, you, you definitely want to break it up into phases, and then within the different major phases, you should break it up into, into um, various stages of those phases. And I can't tell you, you know, what the right stage is for you because that's going to be dependent on the KM that you're that you're developing or that you're enabling for BVM 9.5. Okay. Um, so you need to think in, in, in terms of taking little bites and processing them one at a time um, and, and, and making sure that you're clean and clear with each step of the way before you move on to the next step. It's kind of like the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? Well, you, you eat it one bite at a time. And I, that, that doesn't mean that doing all this work is a monumental task. The level of effort and the amount of effort is directly related to how complicated your custom KM is. If you have a very simple KM, you may be able to knock this out in just a couple of days, okay? If you have a very complicated KM solution that has a lot of different KM files, um, then it may take you a month or more to work through the, the entire process, okay? So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, definitely test and validate results for each phase before moving on to the next phase. Now, these last two phases of... Um, configuration management through policies and menu command enablement, those are actually optional. What I mean by optional is that you don't have to do those in order to get your KM to actually work in a BPPM 9.5 environment. Now, obviously, there are some advantages in doing so. Um, if you enable menu commands, then those menu commands will be enabled up in the BPPM UI, okay? Um, 
And obviously, if you enable the policy configuration, then you can leverage the policy capabilities for your custom KM. But that doesn't mean that you have to do both of these in order to get it to work within the rest of uh, BBVM 9.5 as far as data collection and alarming and looking at annotated data and all those kinds of things. Okay? So if you're not enabling policy configuration management, you can actually leverage rules for your, your custom KM in the configuration variables section of a monitoring policy. The decision there is up to you. We would strongly recommend that you make it policy enabled. However, there may be cases where you have an extremely simple KM that is not something that is the configuration for is going to change often at all, and you don't want to work through the process of making it policy enabled. So that might be a use case for not making it policy enabled. But keep in mind, if you, if you make that decision, then you're going to have to leverage patrol consoles and PCM and so forth to um, potentially manage that KM um, if, you're, if you're not going to leverage rules within the configuration variable section of a monitoring policy. Okay? Another thing to think about here is you may have a lot of menu commands. I know some of the BMC uh, KMs have lots of different menu commands, and some customers don't really use them, okay? or there may only be a small subset of menu commands that are used. If you have a, a significantly complicated KM um, that has a lot of different menu commands in it, think about which ones really need to be enabled up in the BBPM GUI and which ones don't, okay? Um, and, and so you can enable only a subset if you wish. Basically, you enable them one at a time. Okay, and then uh, last, last few topics on this. The KM can still collect data in the BBPM 9.5 server if you don't enable these guys, as I've talked about. And the general recommendation is to enable all that is necessary and possible, okay? And by, when I say necessary and possible, I mean it is necessary for your business and it's possible for you to do this um, and, and configure and so forth. Okay, so what are the major steps for enabling data collection? Validate the custom KM operates as designed and expected. Do this before any editing of the KM. And this is irrespective of BPPM 9.5. Uh, now, this might seem like a bit of a silly point, but it's really not. You need to make absolutely certain that the KM is operating as designed and expected uh, before you edit it. And the reason is you don't want to get into a scenario where data collection is not working properly and you can't discern if the problem is related to your enablement, you've made a mistake in trying to enable the KM, or is it the KM itself? So this gets back to working in phases. You know, get it right first before you do anything regarding enabling for BPPM 9.5. Validate it and make certain that it's correct. That might be a very simple step. That may only take just reviewing it and, and you know, checking it off. Yep, these things all work as expected. We know that they're working properly. But just don't skip this step. You know, make sure before you move forward. After all, if the, your custom KM has never been installed on a 9.5 agent, how do you know how it operates on a 9.5 agent, even if it hasn't been, quote, enabled for BPM 9.5, uh, you know, server and, and integration service node and, and all of that data collection, okay? Um, so you would deploy the, the KM and so forth and launch the, the patrol uh, classic console in developer mode and load your custom knowledge module and also load any dependent knowledge modules as well. The little example that I've got some screenshots on in here, actually leverages 
the log KM that's provided by BMC. Um, so if you've got other dependent KMs that you're pulling data from and doing something with in your custom KM, quite obviously you need to have those KMs installed as well. Configure the agent to operate in non-policy mode. Okay, so start off in non-policy mode. You're going to switch it back to policy mode after you enable the policy policies for the KM, but start off in non-policy mode just to avoid any kind of confusion with data collection. Ensure the agent is not connected to a BPM integration service node. You're going to collect, connect it later. So you're going to go through working on enabling, setting up the, the, the data and, and editing and configuration and so forth for the KM in the Patrol Classic console first before you ever introduce it to the BPM server and integration service uh, components and infrastructure. Okay, so your first major step in enabling the KM uh, for data collection is to go to the properties for the KM file and configure the metadata settings here. Okay, this display name defines how it's going to be displayed up in um, the BBPM server. Okay, is this particular KM a container KM? or is it just a monitor KM? So container and monitor KM, if you're not familiar with that terminology, it really has to do with the hierarchical display of how KM data appears in the um, patrol console and then also consequently up into the BBPM server, all right? Um, so you may have a high-level KM um, like the NTOS KM is a, a very good example. It's, it's configured out of the box from BMC in this regard under the metadata to be a, quote, container. And then other KMs from a hierarchy perspective that are subordinate to it are actually labeled as monitors under the, under the monitor type here. So you're going to have monitor type of a container and monitor type of um, monitor depending on what kind of, of KM layout and structure you've got. Both can actually have parameters associated with them, and there are some implications regarding how those parameters appear up in the BBPM server as to how you, you know, the, the, the configuration of containers versus monitors and how they are all related to each other at a patrol level obviously has an impact on how the hierarchy and structure is laid out up in the BBPM server. Um, also, the monitor category here, that's typically going to be either system or application, okay? And you can, looking at, at, at this kind of data here and trying to decide, you know, how you might want to organize your KM, um, you can go back and look at out-of-the-box BMC KMs. You can look at the metadata for BMC KMs to get a better understanding of this if you need to, if you need some examples to rely upon, for example. Um, you know, so, so consider leveraging that, those, those kinds of um, capabilities as well. Um, implement a container for each custom KM application class. So th this may be a little bit um, confusing here. The, think of your, your custom KM as a, quote, KM solution. And let's suppose that you've got four or five different KM files that make up that KM solution. What you should do, if you haven't already done it, is configure your KM or design your custom KM so that you have at least one 
um, KM container that all of the other subordinate KMs can report into. If you don't do that, then the structure up in the um, BPPM server is not going to look right. It'll look okay in the patrol console. The navigation will you know, work according to what you're used to there. But if you don't have a container KM for your, your KM solution uh, defined, then you really should define one so that all of your custom KM data collection um, parameters, instances, um, application classes, and corresponding monitor types will all appear appropriately in an in a, in a appropriate hierarchy and so forth up in the BPPM server. So it basically helps manage multi this also helps manage multiple instances. So even if you have a very simple KM, um, it, yet it, it's able to monitor multiple instances, if you don't create a container for it and then a subordinate monitor um, KM as far as a monitor type, then your, your layout up in the BBPM server is going to be a little bit confusing. And, and ultimately, you won't be grouping all of your instances together up in the BBPM server. So keep those things in mind. You know, obviously, that will help improve UI navigation in BBPM, and it also helps group like instances together into a particular container. Next thing you'll need to do is enable metadata for the, pay, for the KM parameters. So think about you know, basic things such as if the parameter is a Boolean type metric, meaning it's an up-down metric, um, it shows whether or not a process is available. Of course, we do that out of the box with BMC. But if it's, if it's an up-down metric that you've created that you're not really trending, um, it's just a good or, or a bad representation of something you're monitoring, then you should flag that as an availability metric. Um, and it could also be a key performance indicator. However, if, the, if it's a parameter that you are trending and you need to graph the trend and um, set it up as a KPI and so forth, then you would you know, select the appropriate options here. I'm not going to go through all of these different options. There wouldn't be time for that in this session. And we've actually got plans to deliver um, a best practice discussion and paper and so forth on, um, on, on advanced thresholding and advanced uh, parameter configuration and so forth regarding how the analytics engine works and all that kind of stuff. Okay? Most of the parameters for trending purposes, are, it's pretty obvious how you would select them. You, do you want to graph it or not? Is it a KPI or not? Um, is it a normal distribution? Most of them would be more or less a normal distribution. Or is it a response time type parameter? Okay. So the, most of these, these items here that you would select are relatively obvious what they're for. We do have product documentation that goes into more detail on these as well. Okay. So you're just working in the console at this point and you know, entering very simple data. Another thing to think about with this is to save PSL code in PSL files and not save the PSL code in your KM files. You've got that option, and you've had that option for a long time through the Patrol Classic console and the developer mode. Um, the reason for doing this is it will, it will actually reduce the size of the KM XML file. All right? So remember I talked about how we, we make these KMs XML compliant or XML enabled. Um, 
you, when you click on these different options on this previous screen here, um, th these settings are actually saved in that XML file. The XML file, um, again, is named according to the KM, so each KM file will have a corresponding XML file with exactly the same name. You don't have to go in and manually edit that XML file, and in fact, you really should not go in and edit it. Um, the, the, the Patrol Classic console will generate that file for you. So after you've set, done those, uh, configured those settings and so forth, you save the KM, obviously, in the, in the Patrol Classic console, and also commit the KM. Uh, why would you commit it? Well, you want to validate that your settings and so forth are um, not having any kind of impact on the, the knowledge module's current you know, planned functionality. We don't expect it will. It should not. But you really should take a, a moment at this point to validate that your monitoring from a patrol perspective within patrol is still proper and functioning as expected. Um, and then so once you're happy with all of that, you would exit the Patrol Classic console, and then you need to go in and edit um, a KML file. I already mentioned that you need to create a KML file for this guy, uh, for, for, the, for each KM solution that you're creating. And again, the KML files, it contains a list of the different KMs that you would want to load. So you can put the, the KML file in your preloaded list um, as an agent configuration variable. Um, you're also going to need to add a couple of items here, a couple of uh, key tags to the KML file. So the next screen is going to show you an example of what the KML file looks like. You're basically going to add this meta KM display name and meta KML uh, description. These values appear up in the profiles of the, um, the uh, CMA policy management um, um, functionality, and that, that's really what you're driving here. Okay, so you know, make sure that you enter this data. Now, if you go perusing through and looking at some of the BMC KMs you might actually see some that only have a display name and don't have a description. That's fine. They were de deliberately configured that way um, for, for, for various reasons. But for your custom KMs, we'd recommend that you put both the display name and the description in here. And then, of course, the usual purpose of a KML file is to um, include a list of all the KMs that make up your KM solution, and then, and then you can obviously preload the KML file in your um, agent configuration. Another thing to consider here is that the KML file um, it, it is, is also utilized by the policy um, configuration in CMA so that you understand what um, different KM solutions or, or, or KM, excuse me, KM monitor types and so forth belong to a particular KM solution. So that's, that's how you're also driving the grouping and so forth up in the, in the policy uh, management area. You'll also need to edit the knowledge module file, okay, and or knowledge module files. Um, you need to be very careful with this, but basically what you're editing here is you're going to add a release number, a revision number, a package value. We'll talk about what that means in a moment a description, and a product code. We'll also talk about the product code here in a moment. Now here's an example of what the uh, edited KM looks like. 
uh, edit decay and file that is, you're only editing the header of the file. In this example, the only thing I edited is what you see here in yellow. Okay, um, so I gave it a release number, and this is for this simple little KM that I created that I call log values. This log, log values custom KM, uh, incidentally what it does is it goes and it reads annotated data on the error, uh, the log error level parameter that's part of the BMC log KM that's provided out of the box. So it reads that annotated data looking for a specific string and it grabs a value associated with the string and then trends that value. I had a customer that wanted to do that a number of years ago, and so I created a simple custom KM that does that, and that's the one that I've uh, set up for this. So, um, you know, you give it a release number, give it a revision number, um, package, description's quite obvious, package and product code. What are we talking about here? The package and product code are leveraged in uh, they're leveraged in CMA. There is a solutions mapping file and a solutions list file that is part of um, CMA under the covers, basically. And this information is actually leveraged there. There's some key points around this that we'll talk about here in a minute. Basically, you make these up yourself. Um, the, the really key point that you need to watch out about is you don't want to create any of these values that would conflict with anything you else you've created or anything that BMC has, has, has delivered and so forth, okay? And we'll talk about how to, how to handle that and how to look for that here in a moment. This line right here is, um, was part of the, the initial KM file, so you don't edit that. And then, of course, below this, you may have PSL code and, and so forth in your KML, or excuse me, in your KM file, okay? So you would edit the KM file and save that. Um, now, some points about the package and product code. Both the package value and the product code should be a unique value specific to your custom KM. So you make up those values and you enter them there. Do not use BMC software package values and or product codes. Well, gosh, how are you going to, you know, what BMC's software, you know, package and product codes are? You know, where, where do you find that? Well, one way to find it um, is, is to look at the solutions list XML file and the solutions mapping XML file that's stored on the BBPM server where CMA is installed, you'll find it under BBPM server home, PW, pProxy, depot directory, BMC products directory, okay? Basically the same layout for Windows as well, okay? So you can open those files and look at them and you'll readily see um, package and product code values in those XML files. I don't have an example in these slides. I didn't think it was necessary because it's extremely simple and easy to look at and you'll understand um, you know, how to handle that and how to look at that when you go back and, and look at your, uh, your own CMA environment. Another, hand, another very handy way of ensuring that you have unique codes is to do something like append a unique uh, string as part of your product and or package, as part of your product and package codes, not or, both of them, okay? So maybe use an acronym that stands for your company, like if your company was Acme IT, then you could put AIT in there. Choose something that you, you think is going to be very um, unique to, to your um, custom KM and your environment. I believe, I don't know this for certain, but I believe that all of the um, BMC 
package and product codes start with a P for patrol. Um, I don't know that with 100% certainty, but I believe that's correct. So um, what happens if you don't enter this release and revision information into the KM files, okay? If you fail to enter it, um, it doesn't mean that everything's going to fall over on you. What it means is, is that the, the um, BBPM server is going to reject that KM application class. And this is handled on, a, on an, an application class-by-class -class basis. And so when you go to connect the um, agent and KM into the BBPM infrastructure and, and try to view its data being populated up into the BBPM server, the application class will get rejected, and if you don't have this this uh, version and re release and revision information entered in, into the KM uh, files, you'll see this error. It basically says unable to process application class. It gives you the actual application class name, okay, and it'll even tell you that it's missing one or more of class and/or version um, data, okay. So you, you have to go edit those files. Not a whole lot of work there from an editing perspective um, just for this, but you do have to do this in order, in order for the data collection to actually work. Okay? So now that you've edited these files, you've worked through the Patrol Classic console and enabled metadata and all that kind of stuff, what's the next step? How do, how do I deploy this? Well, the first thing you want to do is copy all the files related to your custom KM into a backup directory. So everything that you is related to your custom KM that you feel like you've edited properly and all that kind of stuff, back it up somewhere outside the patrol um, directory structure and so forth. Then you want to apply agent configuration rules to the agent. Okay, um, custom KML should be in the preloaded KM list. And again, you still haven't enabled this agent for um, policy management. It, it's currently set for non-policy management. We haven't even gotten to policies yet, and we'll get to those in a bit. So don't jump the gun and, and start enabling, trying to enable for policies. That the deny setting for um, policy management should be set to true. And then you should configure the agent also to connect to the BBPM 9.5 test integration service node. Okay, um, and then stop the patrol agent. Okay, now I've got this order. This, this is a little bit out of order. I would actually recommend that you delete the files from the custom for your custom KM from the patrol agent directories um, and from the patrol classic console cache after you've made your backup up here and before you um, actually you know uh, um, take these these next two steps. Doesn't really matter what order you if, if you do this order that I've listed here. Um, I just kind of got this out of order. The way I've been doing it is deleting the files, generally deleting the files right after I've backed them up. But it's not critical that you do that. Don't worry about having deleted them out of the agent directories and the Patrol Classic console cache. You're going to be reinstalling them using the style and install package that you're going to create in CMA. Okay? And the reason for deleting them is to make absolutely certain that you have nothing in that agent that's related to your custom KM until you deploy the silent install package. You want to test the whole process from end to end and do it in a very 
you know, logical and clean way so that you don't have any kind of issues with, you know, maybe a previous file uh, sitting in a session, um, session file sitting in the cache that might, you know, cause you confusion and so forth. So work through this very diligently and, and very deliberately um, to make sure that you don't get into a confused state. Okay. The next step is to create a subdirectory for the custom KM under the location where you've installed the PCIG utility. Now, I don't have slides here that talk about installing the PCIG utility. It's extremely simple. There's not really a, a packaged installer for it. Um, it's currently in a pre-release uh, state, but we can provide it. And um, it's basically just a, 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 a executable. PCIG is the executable name. PCIG.exe on Windows, okay? Um, and also on Windows, there are three DLL files that are provided. On Unix, there are no DLL files necessary, okay? So you basically copy this, this executable utility into an installed uh, directory somewhere on your, your test node where you're, where you're going to compile these, the, these KM files into a package. Um, and then you create a folder or a directory under that directory where you've installed, you know, under or as a subdirectory where you've installed the PCIG utility. I'd recommend that you name that directory according to your KM solution name. In my case, it's called log values, as you can see here. Okay. So this, is, this directory in yellow is where I installed the PCIG utility, and then within that directory, I created this log values directory. Okay. The next step is to create a directory structure under the log values directory for all of your KM uh, files. So here's my log values directory. Then within the log values directory, I have a lib directory. And then under the lib directory, there's a PSL directory. And under the knowledge directory, uh, or excuse me, under the lib directory, there's also a knowledge directory. So this directory structure follows the exact same directory structure um, that you would have for a patrol agent as to where your PSL files are stored, where your knowledge, uh, and where your knowledge files are stored. Okay, this this log values directory um, is kind of a misnomer here. I I, um, I created this and put the put a um, default configuration file for the um, KM into that directory. The default configuration file. What I mean by that is is a file that represents um, the same thing you would see as a rule set within PCM, for example, okay? Now, if, and, and I don't have slides on this, but if you're going to leverage the dot .current um, configuration file capability that's new with 9.5, then that would go into um, the lib directory here, okay, um, and, and so forth. Also, your, your um, PSL files, obviously, are going to go into the PSL directory. Any compiled PSLs, obviously, they would go there as well. And what goes into the knowledge directory is, is you know, obviously your um, KM files, your KM, KML file, and also your XML files. And so the next screenshot actually shows that in this example. Um, uh, in my For PSL, I actually have four different PSL files here. Um, 
and then there's also the um, KML file, an XML file, and a single KM file in the knowledge uh, directory. Okay, so you need to um, lay out a directory structure like that below the directory where you've installed the PCIG utility. Follow this structure exactly. I had some issues running the PCIG utility and, and getting an export to actually install and work and so forth uh, because I was sourcing the directories improperly and whatnot. And we'll talk about what I mean by sourcing here in a minute. So your first step is, is to you know, create these directories and then copy all these different files for your KM into these directories. I also recommend, and this is especially true if you've got a, a complicated KM, but even a simple KM like mine, I found it very advantageous to create some scripts that copy these files over, um, and then another script that goes and cleans them up. So this cleanup sh script, it goes through and it deletes all these files. It doesn't delete the directory structures, but it deletes the files. And then I had another script that would copy them over. Okay, um, That's very advantageous to set that up initially because you're probably going to work through this process multiple times, and you don't want to have to be copy, copy, copy files over and over again. You want a, a clean, you know, quick way to start over. You, you made a mistake. Your KM's not working like you want it to after you've downloaded it from the repository. You need to work through the whole process again. Um, so setting up some scripts that do that will help speed up the process and make you a lot more efficient. It will also help you reduce making mistakes like forgetting to copy a file over or copying the wrong file over or something like that. Um, so, you know, leverage those kinds of, of things to, to make your life easier there. And, and also keep in mind, I'm, I'm reiterating this again, you're going to work through phases on this. You really have to work through phases or you may get very confused. So, again, the first phase is, phase is enabling data collection. Then you're going to move on to policy configuration. And then from there you'll go on to um, enabling the um, menu commands. Um, and so if you set this up initially with some scripts, you can help speed up that whole process through every, all of the different phases. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the next slide here. Um, so how do you run the PCIG utility? You want to run it after you've got all your files copied over. It's going to package up your, all those files into a package that can be imported into the CMA monitoring repository, just like you would import a package from uh, BMC that was downloaded from our EPD site. Okay, um, This is the command line that you actually run. This is an example on Linux, obviously, uh, with the dot slash here, but it's exactly the same syntax for Windows as well. All right? So the command line switches. You're going to specify the product here, a release number, um, a location for sourcing all the files. I'll come back to that in just a moment. Um, and then a comma-separated list of OS types that are supported. The, the BVPM CMA repository needs to know about that as well. Okay. And then this is basically a product title name as it will appear up in the repository. Okay. Um, and I haven't tried this, but I, I believe you can actually put quotations around this and, and have um, um, spaces and so forth in it and whatnot as well. Okay. So now back to sourcing the files. This is an area that I had some trouble with. Um, the dash S option is, is the location of all your source files you're going to package up. Um, what we're doing here is we're referencing the subdirectory just below where PCIG is installed. 
with a slash at the end of it. Okay? Strongly recommend that you follow this exact process where you lay out the directories as I've described and then source them accordingly here. If you do that, then you won't run into any problems. The problem I ran into is it would create a package. I'd import the package. I'd create a style and install package out of it, download it, and run it. It ran fine, but it didn't install anything. And the problem was it wasn't sourcing and grabbing all of my um, uh, KM files appropriately. And there were no warnings or anything that I got in, in that process. We may enhance the tool to throw out a warning if there's no files there, uh, but right now it does not do that. Um, so the PCIG utility will create a BMC products directory, and it's also going to create a zip file according to the product name that you entered here, that you entered on the command line with PCIG. That's what it's going to spit out for you, okay? Um, and so your next step is to import that, that package solution into the CMA repository. Um, in the current, and this is a pre-release version, in the current release of the PCIG utility, this zip file it creates does not import properly. It'll, the import will actually fail. Don't know exactly when we'll have that fixed. Um, it should be in the, in the near term. Uh, however, the PCIG utility will not be available as part of a GA product until Service Pack 1 for BBPM 9.5. Okay? Um, so how do you get around this? Well, it's quite simple. You basically compress the BMC products directory using a zip utility instead of using this file here. And of course, you can name it whatever you want and so forth. Um, but I strongly recommend that you name things in a, in a logical manner so that you can keep track of them and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so the zip utility that you should use, you can use zip on this delivered uh, standard out of the box with, um, with um, Red Hat, which is what I did. You can see right here, I just ran zip uh, recursively into this file from the BMC products directory. Here's all the work that it did. And um, as a result, here's my, my file that I'm going to import. Okay. Uh, some do's and don'ts here. Use different, uh, use different names for the solution package created by the PCIG utility. And we'll get to this in a moment, but, but different from the silent install package that you're going to create within the BBPM 9.5 um, repository. Okay. The reason for doing that is you need to be able to quickly differentiate between which zip file was created by the PCIG utility and which one you created as, an as a style and install package. You don't want to try to, you know, um, take your, get mixed up and take the, the package that you created by the PCIG utility and run it as a, um, you know, expand it and then try to run it as a style and install package or or the reverse of all that, where you try to import the package that you created as a silent install package into the monitoring repository. So just you know, do do things in a logical manner, and don't 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 do something that's going to confuse yourself later. Um, and here's here's some examples around how I handled it. Um, <clears throat> do not use product names that match or conflict with other product names. Do not use package or solution names that match or conflict with other package or solution names. Okay, so then the next step, you know, quite simply is you import the zip file. Um, I've been using 
the, the single solution capability here, and it works well. Um, you could, I believe, and, and I apologize for not knowing this right now at this point, you could use the custom solution capability, but if you do that, you're going to get another prompt that asks you to enter a solution version and revision number and a description and so forth. And that's really unnecessary because you've already specified all of that uh, to begin with. And doing that does not circumvent the need to edit your KM file. Okay? So I've been editing the KM file and just importing it as a single solution, and it works fine. Um, so the next step, obviously, is to create a deployable silent install package for your, your custom KM. Um, follow best practices there. Give it a unique name, obviously. Make it a meaningful name. Provide a complete description. Uh, my description here is not really as complete as it should be. Do not include the agent in your silent install package. So don't create confusion around that. And definitely do not include other KMs that um, are bundled with your custom KM. Remember, you're working in a development mode here, and you're wanting to enable a single KM solution, uh, custom KM solution here, and you don't need to intermingle any, um, any other KMs with your, your deployable package. You want to make sure this works properly before you go in and start creating packages that might contain multiple KMs and so forth, and not just your custom KM. Definitely follow your configuration best practices for you know, creating your silent install package. So the process of creating your silent install package for your custom KM is really no different from the process of creating a silent install package for an out-of-the-box KM. Um, what you really want to focus on here is just focus only on your custom KM. Then download the silent install package and move it to, the, to your test managed node. Run the silent installer for the package and then start the patrol agent, okay? So now, at this point, remember, you have previously configured the patrol agent to connect into the BBPM 9.5 integration service node, okay? So when it starts up, it should report data up into the BBPM server, and you should see its monitor types get created and data trending and all of that kind of stuff. So you want to verify that. Verify that the KM application classes appear um, up in the console and the monitor types appear and all that kind of stuff. In, in my example, as you can see here, um, hopefully you can read this screen, um, you, can, you can actually see my little custom KM and the instance name that I'm actually monitoring for a log file right here. Okay? And you also need to validate data collection. So consider data collection, consider any annotated data. Uh, don't just go and look at a graph real quick and say, okay, I'm done. Go and make sure that annotations or anything else like that that you've got set up from a patrol perspective is appearing and working properly up in the BBPM server. So test all that out and make sure that it works before you move on to enabling policy configuration. And I'm going to restate that. Test and make sure that your data collection enablement through a custom KM is working in BBPM 9.5 before you start going to enable policy configuration. The reason for this is that policy configuration could cause changes or problems, if you don't do it properly, could cause problems with data collection. 
and you want to be certain that data collection is working properly before you move on to policy configuration because your policy configuration validation steps are going to include validating that data collection is still working properly. And you don't want to be confused as to whether or not fundamentally data collection is not working or is it my policy configuration enablement that's not working properly. Okay? And just I can't stress enough the importance of working in logical phases in a very disciplined manner. So what are the requirements for policy configuration? Define attributes for um, configuration properties. We'll talk about that here in a moment in more detail. That's actually configured in XML data for the attributes. So when you go to the input tab, as you see here, the input tab of the properties file for, or excuse me, the, the properties of the KM file, Okay, um, this is where you're going to input this XML data, and the XML data contains attributes that are related to configuration properties. Okay, it also the XML data also includes host level constructs, and you enter again this data into the input tab here. Um, so people are probably scratching their heads and thinking, well, what in the world do I enter here? Okay, this is actually pretty simple. And I've got a screenshot coming up showing an example of what you would actually enter. So I'm going to go through the technical examples first, and then we'll show you the result of what it looks like up in policy configuration management in CMA. Okay? Um, but a few notes first. Much of the structure and content of the XML data is the same for various KMs. So the host configuration related section that, you'll, that we'll look at here in a moment in the XML data is very much the same across many different KMs, okay? Various labels are the same as well. And what this means is you can easily copy existing XML data and edit it. So in the example of my little log values KM that you're going to see here in a moment, I actually took and copied the input XML data from the um, paging files container KM that's delivered out of the box from BMC. I use that as my basis to, to start rather than trying to manually enter every single thing. I just copied something that already existed and edited it for my purposes. Okay? So what XML data is more or less unique to a custom KM? Well, you know, quite obviously titles are going to be different because the KM is a different KM, right? Um, content in the attribute sets is going to be different. You've got different, you know, values and labels and so forth for your configuration settings, so those have to be different. And then attributes that define the specific configuration for the custom KM are going to be different as well, okay? And, and you may have, um, you know, a single attribute set and so forth that all of this is grouped into. Um, the XML input data is saved into the KM XML file in the console cache knowledge directory, just like that same XML file is saved with your metadata configurations for parameters and for the KMs where you define the KM as being a container or a monitor and give it a label and specify, you know, um, whether or not it's a system or an application and so forth. Okay, so all of that, all of this XML data is going to get saved in that same KML file which is nice because you, that, that means you don't have yet another file to have to manage and manipulate. 
Okay, so now what everybody's probably been waiting for at this point is, you know, what does XML data actually look like? This is the XML data that I put into the uh, log values KM that I enabled for BBPM 9.5, and the highlighted items here are the only items that I changed after I copied this content from the paging files container KM. Okay, so I gave it a different label here at the host level. Remember, remember, we're talking about the host level um, where you, you're going in and you're configuring your KM, you're, you're editing the monitoring configuration, and um, you've got that section that, where you specify a host, and then you go in and you specify the, the different attribute settings and so forth for your, um, your KM. Um, this is the label at, at that level. Okay, and then my attribute set here is for log values, and I gave it a label log values configuration options. And then I specify a label over here, and here there's only three of them, a label for each one of the different attributes in the attribute set. So this KM needs to, needs to know what log file instance to go look for in the, in the BMC out-of-the-box log KM. It also needs to know what search string it's going to look for, and then it also needs to know what the delimiter is in order to go grab the value. Okay, the value that, that this little custom KM is going to trend. Okay, so the next question is, I've got these labels here. These labels are what appears in the console for the user in policy configuration management of the CMA. Um, so, so, but how does that get associated to a, an actual configuration variable? I don't see any configuration variable information in here like you would see it in a uh, patrol configuration uh, file or, um, you know, from PCM or a, 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 a query from BPPM and so forth against the agent. Well, the way that it gets associated is, is through these IDs, right? So this, these, these IDs, I highlighted them in red here just to draw your attention to them. Um, this is where you're specifying an actual value, um, well, not, not really a value, but a part of the configuration variable name as it would appear in pconfig, okay? The description is really a mouse over. So you're, you're defining what the user is going to see when they do a mouse over over the um, configuration labels and so forth uh, within uh, the policy configuration GUI. And that's basically it. You set this up and, um, and, that get, and you save the KM and that gets saved into the XML file, okay? Now, some tips on this. Practice and leverage practice and also leverage examples to, to help you learn what data needs to be entered and, and how to construct all of that. Enter unique ID values for each attribute. That's especially important within a single KM. I would recommend using unique ID values across um, all the configurations. Okay? Enter concise labels for the user. So search string is good enough. You've only got so much real estate on the, um, on the console GUI. So, you know, don't create extremely long strings for labels. Le instead, leverage the ability to enter a description that pops up as a mouse over. Use concise titles. And, you know, again, just be consistent of screen space and, and so forth and, and do everything you can to make it easy for the user and, and consequently easy for yourself as well when you're actually configuring this uh, later on through the policy management.
Okay, so deployment. What do we do to deploy this? Well, after entering XML data, save the KM, then work through the standard packaging and import process using PCIG. What I mean by that is the whole process that we've already discussed for enabling data collection. So you're going to work, rework through that same process all over again to add policy enablement to your custom KM. And again, the, the, the KM XML file goes in the knowledge directory uh, for PCIG if you're, you're confused as to where that goes. It, it, you're not changing anything um, in that regard compared to what you did for data collection enablement. Now, this is what it looks like after you've imported it. Okay, So after you import it, you should go in um, and go to create a policy and make sure that your solution appears here, and you've got the, you know, a monitoring profile shows up here, and so forth. I'm not going into all the details. We'd run out of time if I went into all the details around this. Remember, there's no way I can go into all the details in, in every scenario um, in a 90-minute session. We've got about 10 minutes or so left here, okay? Um, so we've got more information about this coming in a, um, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in a, KM Developer's Guide, they were updating for 9.5. It's not available quite yet. Um, it's in the review state, and I'll talk more about that later towards the end of our session here. Okay. And so now here's what my labels look like here, exactly matching, and actually I have a, a misspelled name there. Okay. So um, pay attention to those kinds of things and look for those kinds of errors um, so that you don't confuse users. But as you can see here, here's what the labels look like. Um, you've got the usual process and workflow where you, you have to pick a particular host um, like you would for any policy, any management policy, um, and you, know, you, you enter your, your data here and so forth, and you would click Add to List, and once you're all done adding the different ones, you can come back over here and click Add to save all of them um, as an actual policy. And then Another point here is to, to note that these fields correspond to your attributes from the input XML data. That's probably quite obvious. Okay, so now after that's all done and you enable the policy and that policy gets applied to your uh, test agent, what does that data look like? Well, first of all, all of those settings are going to appear under the config data branch within the agent um, pre-config database, and there will be a corresponding um, name for, for the um, log values and so forth here is, is, is the KM, okay? So each KM will have its own. And then here's your host, of course, local host and then host. This top line was generated, um, you know, is a generic, it's more or less generic across most of the um, KMs and so forth. If you, if you look through the data, you'll see that. Um, and th then here's my individual three attribute settings or configuration settings, okay? Here's the delimiter, here's the uh, log value instance, and, and so forth. Now, this, there's some implications to this. So the, the KMs will need to be edited where pconfig PSL commands are used to get pconfig values and or to write pconfig values to um, the pconfig database. So you've got to consider this structure where you've got 
um, config data and KM name and so forth and, and that whole branch and whatnot um, within the, the construct and design of your KM. doesn't mean you have to go rewrite the entire KM. What you need to do is go in and look at whatever pconfig um, PSL commands are used within your KM to go capture the data out of, um, you know, the configuration for the KM itself. So you've got to go revisit that part of the KM and edit it, obviously, so that it'll, it can go in and read um, this, this data and so forth appropriately. Okay? Um, then you configure the KM to collect data into the BVM server in uh, non-policy mode first. Again, I want to stress that, non-policy mode first. Re then review the results of policy configuration in P from within pconfig. You know, what, what did the policy actually deploy to the agent? And then test and validate policy configuration before moving on to enabling menu commands. So get this data first. I find it easier to, to um, you know, get the policies configured first and cause the policy to deploy its configuration data into the agent, then go look at what that looks like in the agent, make sure it looks right, then go and edit the KM for your pconfig commands. Okay? I find that order of, of development and work easier than trying to go at it a different way. But the key thing is, is to you know, work with this, test it, get it right, and, sh and then ensure that all of your policy configuration works properly, including revisiting the validation of data collection and so forth, before you move on to enabling menu commands. Okay, so now let's get into menu commands and we'll wrap up in a few minutes here. Um, what are the requirements for enabling menu commands? Copy and back up the command code first. Now, you should copy and back up your KMs on a regular basis, you know, the ones that you're developing and irrespective of enabling for BVM 9.5, you should have backups of those to begin with, okay? But it's, it's, it's a good idea when you're going to work with these menu commands and enable them to copy whatever you've got defined in the command code here um, off into some text files or so forth so that you can easily retrieve them through this process if need be. And the next step is you want to edit um, the properties for the menu command, and what you're basically doing is you're going to generate what we call an ID for the menu command. So you're going to click on this generate I, generate auto ID. What that's actually going to do is it's going to generate an ID for the menu command that's leveraged by BBPM and the communication down to the agent and so forth. It's also going to generate a file. So it generates a unique ID for each command. Each menu command will have its own unique ID. And it generates a lib file for the command in the PSL directory of the Patrol Classic console. Okay? Um, so that's pretty simple. Now, when you click on this guy, you're going to get a, a prompt that says, this is going to delete your command data. If your command data is in... Uh, saved in the KM, then it will delete it. If it's saved in a PSL file, it's not going to delete it. Okay? Um, I don't find any implications between a PSL file versus the command file, um, but or, or versus saving in, in the KM. Um, so far, I haven't found any issues around that. Um, but I think most menu commands are pro the code for them, a lot of them are, are stored in, in um, 
in the in the actual KM, especially in custom KMs. Okay. Um, also, at this point, do not choose this annotate function if the menu command is going to be leveraged by users where the user is prompted uh, for input. Okay. So um, if you do that, then, then that process will not work. Okay. Um, include the lib file in the package for PCIG into the PSL directory. So that's how you begin to deploy the menu commands. Um, and here's what it looks like after you've clicked this generate auto ID and clicked on yes, it's saying that you want to go ahead and generate the auto ID. You'll see the, an auto ID generated here, and this also exactly corresponds to the file name, except the file name is prepended with the name of your KM. So this is what the file looks like as stored in the Patrol Console cache. Okay, deployment, after generating the command ID, save the KM, and then work through the same standard uh, packaging process and importing process that was discussed um, as, as the main workflow for enabling data collection. So you go back and run through that same process again. Um, and again, the lib file goes into the PSL directory for PCIG. And then after you've deployed it and um, created your or, or imported, I should say, and then created your silent install package, um, deployed the silent install package back to your agent, installed it, you should then see um, the menu command actually appear from the wrench over here associated with your custom KM, okay? Click on the wrench, and then under Agent Actions, you should see your actual menu command here. So validate that it, that it exists, and then verify that its functionality actually works. Okay? Um, enable only menu commands that you desire in the BBPM UI. You don't have to enable all of them. Not all menu commands are, are necessary in every environment. Um, depends on your needs. It's your decision there. If desired, you can enable no menu commands. Okay, so don't, don't create unnecessary work for yourself. Leverage the auto ID and, and file generation capability. Um, that's really the only way to do it. Select the annotate option only if the menu command is to be automated. Okay, do not edit the ID file name and do not open and or edit the ID file contents. There's no need for you to do that. Okay, the only really development work that you have to be concerned with here is A, the input XML data to support the uh, policy configuration management, and then editing your um, KMs for pconfig PSL commands. That's really where most of your work is going to be. That and potentially redesigning the KM from a container and monitor association perspective where you've got multiple KMs that make up your KM solution and you want to make sure the hierarchy up in BPM is appropriate and, and easily navigated in an intelligent way. Okay, make a backup of all, and so now we're down to the general recommendations and then we'll wrap up. Make a backup of all KM-related files before you begin editing, that's quite obvious. Um, start with a simple KM, this is a really important one I think. 
start with a simple KM and learn the process before moving on to more complicated KMs. Okay? Keep your code organized and follow recommended, our recommended process, and that will keep you out of trouble here. Do not attempt to combine multiple KM solutions into one package. So what I mean by you know, multiple KM solution is maybe you have two totally unrelated KM solutions that do completely different things. Okay? Um, you know, keep them separated. You know, work through them in a separate manner. Don't try to conjingle and, and merge them together or something like that. Don't jump ahead in the process. Don't skip steps. Uh, do not work through the enablement process in production. Okay? Um, and, and do not use KM names that match your conflict with other KM names, including BMC product names. A lot of these things are really quite obvious. Observe and follow general knowledge module development best practices. There's information that we'll be delivering in our, um, in our um, knowledge module development guide. Um, and, and, you know, so what I'm getting at here is, you know, prior to enabling KM, there's obviously steps you take in just creating a KM to go monitor and patrol, irrespective of BPPM 9.5. Follow the general best practices there. Think about things like, how a developer console commits KMs down to the agent that it's connected to, um, the implications of the console cache, the implications of sessions in the console cache, you know, all those kinds of things you have to be cognizant of and, and, and follow uh, discipline methodologies and best practices around that. Observe and follow general software development best practices. So don't try to do everything at once. As you work through these different phases, you know, use different version numbers and so forth so that you know what version is what. You may work on this for a while and then come back two weeks later. You need to know, you know, where you are in the process and what the versions are and so forth. Establish, document, and follow a release version and, and revision numbering methodology um, that makes sense to you and so forth. Do not manually edit files except where recommended and required, okay? Um, so only, only edit you know, where necessary, don't go and open the XML file and start hacking on it or open the lib file associated with a menu command and start trying to do things in it. There's no need to do that. Stay out of those areas, okay? Do not use um, Microsoft WordPad or Microsoft Word or some other utility, word processing utilities and so forth like that for editing and saving files. Obviously, you know, if you, you've been working with any kind of development for any length of time, you'll understand the implications of that of, you know, introducing formatting characters and other unprintable characters that could cause problems with your code and so forth. So use VI on Linux and Unix. Use Notepad, or I like to use Notepad++, and there's quite a few other, you know, utilities that are similar to Notepad++ out there that can, that help you, you know, actually see unprintable characters and have color coding for different, you know, aspects of, of what you're developing and so forth. Um, so, you know, leverage those kinds of utilities and don't use something like WordPad. Work in stages again and take backups often before you move on to the next stage. Um, I'm not going to share my screen here, but if I was to show you what I did, I actually labeled different folders according to what stage I was in while I am, am um, you know, enabling a, a custom KM. Maintain release and revision numbers properly. That's really important if you plan to have multiple releases and or revision numbers in use over any period of time. And it also helps track your development process. Um, start with a working knowledge module in patrol. Can't stress that enough. You want to make sure 
that the knowledge module fundamentally works properly before you start going and editing it because you don't want any confusion between basic knowledge module design versus enablement for BBPM 9.5. Um, so, and, and don't try to mix those, those activities, you know. If you're developing a new KM, get the KM working properly in a patrol sense first, and then go work on enabling it for BBPM 9.5. If you're going to do this with a, you know, a brand new KM, the things you need to think about when you're designing the KM is first the container and monitor association of different KM files that make up your solution and how that's going to appear from a hierarchy perspective up in the BBVM server. And the second thing you need to think about from a design perspective so you don't have to go back and edit it again later is the layout of um, configuration data within the pconfig uh, data, uh, the pconfig database under the um, config data branch and so forth. Um, also, do not use Microsoft Windows to compress folders, um, such as compressing the BMC products directory and so forth. Instead, use zip. We found that 7-zip works also. Um, so your standard zip utilities like those guys will work. I haven't tried WinZip, but I have reason to believe that it would work as well. Okay? And that's what we have for this session. We very much appreciate you attending and or watching after the session was uh, recorded. Um, these best practices for this will be published in the same location that we've been uh, publishing all best practices, as you can see from the, the links on this slide. And again, our PCIG utility is in a pre-release state. Um, it will be available GA with, I believe, Service Pack 1 for BPM 9.5. Um, and if you need to get a copy of it in the short term, I think the best thing to do is to um, contact uh, support, and um, I think in the short term here we'll also be providing a link where you may be able to download that, but I can't say that for certain. And again, also, we have a document that goes along with this session that we'll be publishing shortly, and in addition to that, the uh, software or the, the KM Developer's Guide is, is being revised and updated. It's in its, its review states now, final review basically, and will be available uh, very shortly online as well. Thank you very much. And Morgan, I will turn it back to you. Okay. Well, thank, thank you, Hudson. And um, that will conclude our, our session for today. Uh, do be looking for additional uh, webinars uh, in the Best Practices uh, series for 9.5. Uh, those are those are still coming. So again, we thank everybody for joining, and I believe that will uh, end our call today. Thank you. Again, that concludes today's conference. Thank you all for joining us.